Got it. All right, everybody, we want to welcome you. This is the Global Watch International Call. It is January 24th, 2024, 3 p.m. Jerusalem time. <clears throat> this is the Global Watch International Call, and this hour is the Israel Watch, which we do every week. And today we have with us our one of our favorite, wonderful, amazing, mighty women of God from Israel, Susan Hagee, leading. And let me just pray a blessing over you, Susan, and then we will turn it right over to you. Or actually, I think we'll turn it over to Sue for a, a worship song, and then we'll turn it over to you. Father, we just thank you for Susan. We just bless her. We bless her on her 20th anniversary of being in Israel. We thank you, Lord, for her steadfast, unwavering commitment to you. And it's an example for all of us and really an inspiration and, and we thank you for her deep heart of compassion and to survivors, Holocaust survivors, and to others as well. And we just declare over you, Susan, increased favor with God and with man every single day. We declare increased wisdom, that he would give you that spirit of wisdom and revelation every day, that you would have that over you, that sons of Issachar anointing, that you would know the times and the seasons and you would know what to do. We are just declaring over you renewed strength and uh, divine health and that no weapon formed against you would prosper. That's on the ground, that's missiles coming from the north, but that's also any kind of illness. We just declare total provision over you, that there's a wall of fire around you that the enemy cannot penetrate and that you would walk in the shalom, the peace of God every single day, no matter what's going on around you. We just declare that the joy of the Lord is your strength today and every day. And furthermore, we love you and there's nothing you can do about it. We just declare those things in Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. All right, Sister, you have a, a worship song for us? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. And it's an Arabic Hebrew, Hebrews singing together. And a powerful song for this time when the enemy wants to have them fight each other. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, whatever it is for you. Let's open up this watch with worship from both Arabs and Jews singing together. Susan, we're going to turn it right on over to you. Good to see you. Okay, thank you. It's good to see you too. Hope you both are doing very well. I'd like to start out with doing an update on the life bags that we've been doing and we have shown and then a little just a little bit about Miriam and what's going on with her and then we'll go into the teaching that I have today. So we have some pictures our life bags we are continuing to give out and they mean more than ever because the government has instructed everyone here in the north to prepare for war to prepare in a way that we have not. And so these bags are what we're giving out. And when I went to see Ella here, at first I thought she didn't really understand me, but she just talks a lot, so she doesn't understand a lot. She, but we gave her the bag and she was just so excited to have it. And she just put her arms in there, understand this is what we teach them. When the siren goes, wherever you're going to sit, because these are the people who do not have a bomb shelter to get to. And so you put your arms through there and inside is everything they need to live for 48 hours in a building that has collapsed with them inside it until they are found. There's a whistle and everything, which they get excited about the whistle. So Ella, even though she was excited about the bag, the next thing she said is that she doesn't have a Bible. So I went back another day, took her a Bible in Russian and she was so excited, so excited. She just kept hugging it. And she kept saying, Louise went with me. She had one, I had one. So they were a little different so that we could offer her what she wanted. But we found she was afraid of the word in the beginning of the one that said Torah. And she said, no Torah, only Biblia, because I love Jesus. But she didn't understand that the Torah was part... So we still have to go back and help her to understand that, that the Tanakh that's there is also part of the Biblia and vice versa. Okay, 
Next one. Louise and I have been to quite a few of them now. This man here, he was in the same building as Ella, and he was very excited. He understood. He got it right away. And he said, this is fantastic. So he's very excited. When I took the, the completed bag back, because we put all their information laminated inside so that it doesn't get wet and it can't be ruined. And if they are found in an emergency like this, that they have all the information, the rescuer has their medicines listed, everything is there. And he immediately turned around and showed me that he had a key because he owned a Chevy. So he was excited about having a U.S. car. We find out these little things about them that, that we didn't know before. But now he's got his bag. Some of the survivors don't really, they're not very excited about it, but until we bring theirs back. And this right here, Saida. Saida, the whole time we told her what it was and showed her a sample, she said, no, I'd rather just die. If, if the building collapses, I just want to die. I can't see my family. I don't have anybody here. I'd just rather die. When I brought her bag back, she grabbed me and she grabbed that bag and she was laughing and she was smiling and she just told me that she loved it. So it gives them a chance at life. Something, there's just different aspects that we were not really looking for, but there they are. And God is opening up doors for us. Isn't she cute? <laughs> this little lady, Galena, I can't talk to her. She speaks only Russian. But I did manage to find out that when the siren goes, of course, she's on the very top floor. She cannot go down to a bomb shelter. So she is thrilled to have this. But she does have a caretaker. But the caretaker leaves her and goes to the bottom of the building to the bomb shelter and will not stay with her. So I felt bad for her. Here she is alone, but at least she has a bag to give her a feeling of having control. This is Yaffa. Okay, Louise, I didn't. I know I didn't tell you anything, but can you just briefly say who Yaffa is? <laughs> Yaffa is, wow, she could have been my grandmother. She's just the most special lady. She's, <laughs> she speaks Yiddish and English and Hebrew, but loves to speak Yiddish. She's very smart. She's also very determined to stay in her place. She's, she doesn't like going out, but at the same time, she wants to go. So she always says yes to an invitation and then phones up later and says, no, thanks. But she's lovely. And she has a daughter, wow, whom I like very much. And we get on very well over there. And they've got a parrot and love animals and love people. And Yafa is just delightful, loves having visitors, but doesn't get very many. And really loves Susan. She says that Susan and Breath, the person who was her Yiddish speaker before me, were the first people who actually cared enough to go and visit her. So she's really lovely. Yes, she's very sweet. She's from Hungary. And this is Miriam. You have all <laughs> been praying for Miriam. So the man there that's with her, you may recognize him, John Howerton. He has been on here before. And he visits survivors down in the south when he's in Israel. And he sat down with Miriam and Miriam immediately asked him, so I want to know what you think about living after you're dead. And what do you think of the Bible? And what's your opinion of the Torah? And what do you think of this? And all she did was talk to him about the Bible and about God. And I want to know your opinion about God. This is a woman who wouldn't even mention God's name before. And we were there for two hours. I had to pull him out of there because all she wanted to do was talk. And this is what's happening now. We are finding that Miriam, because of your prayer, it's your prayer that makes a difference. You're praying for her by name. And she is curious, 99 years old, and she is curious about God now. So thank you very much. And we will keep praying for this for her. Susan, that is really remarkable. And I can tell you that because Susan and I saw her when we were there and she was, man, we was, she was really reluctant to have us even pray a blessing over her. She was really, she was very friendly, very nice, very forthcoming, but man, she was, she wanted us to know that she didn't believe in God. 
didn't that that was she thought that was foolishness and this is a like a 180 degree about face it is so susan i'm just going to pray for her right now because i'm really stirred up father we just you say that you're willing that none should perish and that includes miriam and we just declare that the hounds of heaven are after miriam and that she is about to come into your kingdom and we say that she is going to go home to you that she will not will not leave this earth without a a saving knowledge of you we thank you again for susan and louise's persistence in visiting her and talking with her and befriending her oh my gosh it seems like it takes forever for these things to happen but lord it's not our timing is not your timing our thoughts are not your thoughts so we just say thank you lord and we just say that there's many Miriams out there that everyone that Susan and, and Louise come in contact with, that the kingdom of God has come near them. And that when those two walk into a place with survivors, that we just declare over them that the people that they're with are having an encounter with you, even though they don't, they might not realize it. And we just say that mm-hmm. 2024, Susan, it's going to be the best year that you've ever had. It's going to be a fruitful breakthrough year. And many people that you have been praying for and longing to see them come to Yeshua. It's going to happen this year. We just declare that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. And Claudine, who's been on here, she also goes to visit Miriam. And she goes by herself. She doesn't live very far. So Miriam can't get away from us. All the people she loves are believers. Uh (laughs) What better way to have things, right? Okay, so I'm approaching a subject today that has been controversial, and that is the question, can we compare the October 7 massacre with the Holocaust? So I'm stepping into some deep territory here, I think. Some people can get pretty, pretty upset over it. And of course, I work with Holocaust survivors who talk about the fact that other people are discussing this. So I'm gonna I'm gonna get into it. October seven left us all shocked, right? But that's for the obvious reasons. But I think that we need to look at the history of the Jewish people. And so I'm going to start with scriptures. Esther three, verses six to thirteen. Haman sought to destroy all the Jews. And letters were sent by couriers to all the king's provinces to destroy, to kill, and to annihilate all of the Jews, both young and old, women and children, in one day. Sound familiar? Lamentations 2.21. On the ground, in the streets, lie young and old. My virgins and my young men have fallen by the sword. You have slain them in the day of your anger. You have slaughtered, not sparing. Doesn't that sound like October 7th? And he said, when you are helping the Hebrew women to give birth, if it is a son, then you shall put him to death. But if it's a daughter, then she shall live. There was Pharaoh, and he had purpose. He didn't want the men, but he wanted the women for slave. Jeremiah 19, 7. I will make void the council of Judah and Jerusalem in this place, and I will cause them to fall by the sword before their enemies and by the hand of those who seek their life. And I will give over their carcasses as food for the birds of the sky and beasts of the field. This was a common thing during the Holocaust that there were bodies left everywhere. But think of what happened with those on October 7. They're still finding bodies. It's a long time. Matthew 2.16. Then when Herod saw that he had been tricked by the Magi, he became very enraged and sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and all its vicinity from two years and under. He had no concept at all of what it would do to the families to kill these babies, to kill it. He didn't care. And it was the same way on October 7. 2 Samuel 18, 7, the people of Israel were defeated there before the servants of David, and the slaughter there that day was great, 20,000 men. That was fighting men, and they were died in one day. And if, if any of the enemies of Israel could do that, they would be very happy to do that. 2 Kings 25, 21, then the king of Babylon struck them down and put them to death at Riblah in the land of Hamath. 
So Judah was led away into exile from its land. Exile. We have a number of hostages that are still exiled from their land. And even the bodies are still held. They've been exiled. These all have to do with what has happened here recently and what happened in the Holocaust. In Ezekiel 11, 1 to 15, then the spirit lifted me up and brought me to the gate of the house of the Lord that faces east. There at the entrance of the gate were 25 men. And I saw among them Jazaniah, son of Azor, and Pelatiah, son of Beniah, leaders of the people. The Lord said to me, son of man, these are the men who are plotting evil and giving wicked advice in this city. They say, will it not soon be time to build houses? This city is a cooking pot. and We are the meat. Therefore, prophesy against them. Prophesy, son of man. Then the spirit of the Lord came upon me, and he told me to say, this is what the Lord says. That is what you are saying, O house of Israel. But I know what is going through your mind. You have killed many people in this city and filled its streets with the dead. Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. The bodies you have thrown there are the meat, and this city is the pot. But I will drive you out of it. You fear the sword, and the sword is what I will bring against you, declares the sovereign Lord. I will drive you out of the city and hand you over to foreigners and inflict punishment on you. You will fall by the sword, and I will execute judgment on you at the borders of Israel. You hear that? The borders of Israel. Then you will know that I am the Lord. This city will not be a pot for you, nor will you be the meat in it. I will execute judgment on you at the borders of Israel. And you will know that I am the Lord, for you have not followed my decrees or kept my laws, but have conformed to the standards of the nations around you. Now, as I was prophesying, Pelatea, son of Benaiah, died. Then I fell face down and cried out in a loud voice, O sovereign Lord, will you completely destroy the remnant of Israel? The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, your brothers who are your blood relatives and the whole house of Israel are those of whom the people of Jerusalem have said they are far away from the Lord. This land was given to us as our possession. I, I sort of question, is that another prophecy being fulfilled at the borders of Israel? We really have to read what is in the word. What's it really saying? So I'm going to come back to this passage in just a minute. I want to go into more of the history of the Jewish people. There, I just read all those different things that were happening, biblical, but now we have, what about the crucifixion of Yeshua? That was Mark 15, 25. After the crucifixion of Yeshua, the Romans destroyed the temple. There's another prophecy. Jews were scattered in Deuteronomy 4, 27. The 5th century, Christianity dominated the Roman Empire, but it became something that went against the Jewish people. The church formally charged the Jews with formally charged the Jews with murdering Jesus. That charge has stood and was not repudiated by the Pope until 1960. It has stood all these centuries. In the Middle Ages, the Jews were restricted everywhere, forced to be separate. In 1095, the Pope called for Jerusalem to be liberated from the Muslims, and that was the start of the Crusades. And on the way, they were given permission and encouraged to slaughter as many Jews as they could. And that was the crusade. The Jews were blamed for the Black Plague. They were charged with using blood of children for Passover. In Europe, the anti-Semitic acts were increasing. In the 18th century, Jews were given more rights, but required to stop Jewish worship in order to be part of society. At the end of the 18th century, the Russian secret police forged a document, the Protocols of the Elders of Zion, claiming the Jews were planning to dominate the world. Though proven to be a fake, it was translated into languages worldwide and it's still being distributed today. Also in Russia, the Jews were blamed for poverty, crime, the assassination of the Tsar in 1881. The pogroms began and spread into Europe to murder and restrict the Jews. At this time, they were deemed to be a separate race inferior and dangerous. World War I increased the anti-Semitism. World War II, Hitler and the Nazis used racial studies. They copied the ghettos and the pogroms from the European area. Unfortunately, the Jews have become so integrated into the European society by now, 
They did not believe the warning signs and hence the Holocaust. After Israel was made a state, immediately was the 1948 War of Independence. 1956 was their Suez War. 1967, the Six-Day War. All the surrounding countries, and yet Israel won and expanded their territory. 1969 to 70 was the Attrition War. 1973, the Yom Kippur War. Constant border fights, rocket attacks, terrorist attacks since then. And now October 7, 2023, massacre and war. The Jewish people and Israel have been continuing to fight for their existence. So the question is, can we compare October 7 with the Holocaust, the worst atrocity as far as we know against the Jewish people? And the survivors are actually talking to us about how people are comparing it. So here's some similarities. They're both atrocities, but on different scales. Warnings before, but were ignored. We know there were warnings. They knew that there was possibly something coming, and yet it was ignored here in Israel. There were many warnings before the Holocaust, but they were ignored. Most of them said, especially if they were in Germany, I'm important to them. I, I fought in World War I. They honor me. They wouldn't do anything to us. Personal and family trauma. Both of them have given us personal family trauma, permanent pain and brokenness. Neither October 7th nor the Holocaust will ever be forgotten. The never forget will be applied to October 7th as well. What about the differences? Demands for an end to the war now among both the Jews and the world. I didn't see anything in the history in World War II about people demanding for an end of the war, let the enemy alone. October 7 was one day of horror and 108 plus more days of hostage captivity. The Holocaust was 12 years of horror and, one, and each year was worse, millions in captivity for five to seven years. And this is what the survivors talk about to me. They say, look, what has happened here is horrible, but you cannot compare it to five to seven years in a concentration camp, to three to five years in a ghetto, starving, hiding in the forest. You cannot compare it in years and millions. The demonstrations in Israel for the hostages to be released while the demonstrations in other countries are in support of the enemy. You didn't see this during World War II or any of the other wars. In World War II, where were the demonstrations in support of the Jews being killed and to get them out? And there's a lot I know about why the armies didn't come in and intervene. Well, too much to go into today. Let's go back to Ezekiel 11, 16 to 21. Therefore say, this is what the sovereign Lord says, although I sent them far away among the nations and scattered them among the countries, Yet for a little while, I have been a sanctuary for them in the countries where they have gone. Therefore say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I will gather you back from the nations and bring you back from the countries where you have been scattered. And I will give you back to the land of Israel again. They will return to it and remove all its vile images and detestable idols. That's actually what's happening in Gaza. I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. I will remove from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. Then they will follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. They will be my people and I will be their God. So can we compare? Yes. It is all part of the Jewish history in the future. It's all horrific in varying degrees. And no, because the timeline is so different. One day versus 12 years. Each is beyond our comprehension in its own experiences. Hearing the testimony of those suffered, the ones that we hear today who have come back and those who, who actually lived through the massacre on October 7th, it's gut-wrenching. But listening to the testimony of those from the Holocaust can also bring us actually to a place of terror and fear of anything like that happening again. But God gives us grace, chesed, he gives us grace, even in the midst of all the corruption and all the division which has been here 
and is still here in Israel. He gives us grace. John eleven twenty five. 25, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live. Karen Davis wrote a song that I absolutely love called I am the resurrection and the life. And one line in there is, if you only believe, then you will see the glory of the Lord. We want the people of Israel to see and to believe. We as believers, whether it's here or around the world, standing for Israel means so much. I, I was privileged that my, my grandson and, my, and his wife are a part of a worship team in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And they went with some of the musicians and went downtown to do a Stand for Israel concert on the square, it was very cold, and they were out there singing and people giving out Israel flags and people standing there at a Stand for Israel concert. That is very small, one little spot, but it's what we need to do in our heart and for the people. We can do it on our, our, our chats, on our social media, we can do it on our computer, we can do it in person, we can do it outside, we can do it in the grocery store, anywhere we are, we can stand for Israel. We need to pray Psalm 122.6 for the peace of Jerusalem. We need to pray that God will give the people of Israel an undivided heart, a new spirit and hearts of flesh. And so what I'm going to ask today is that we can pray for the Holocaust survivors who are now going through what they tell me, this is our ninth war. To be counting wars. And for their hearts are hurting. And it's hurting for the people. They cry when they talk about the people and what's happened to them October 7th. It brings everything back to them. And when they start talking about it, it <laughs> so many times I avoid the news because I just can't read it all. And it's too much. It's too much. It's overwhelming. And yet, what are the survivors doing? They are immersed in it because they have now gone back to when they were before, and they had to know the news in order to know which way things are going. So they are immersed, but you know what they're also doing? They're praying. These survivors are talking about praying, and they're asking us to pray before we leave. And they're telling us the names of their grandsons that are in Gaza, and their grandsons that are up in the Lebanon area, and asking us, will you please pray for them, and giving us their names. This is unheard of in the past. This war has opened up something for us with the survivors we did not have before. But how many times in the history of the Jewish people did God use bad times to bring them home to him? And we need to pray that this war will be success in bringing his people to him, that they will turn to him. Just as we hear, we hear about the soldiers crying out for him, crying out for the Messiah. When they're in Gaza, when they're fighting, praying, asking for God, so must we. We have to stand with them and we have to pray for their hearts to be turned into a heart of flesh for no division, for unity. And just, I really ask for this, not only for the people of Israel, not only for the Jewish people worldwide, who by the way, are making Aliyah in the war, God will bring them home. He said he will, and he will bring them home to stand together. But I'm asking for the survivors who don't have as many years left. Please, during this time, let it really reach them. Let it really touch them. Fred and Sue, would you take care of facilitating anybody praying? And I would like to start. Lord, I just ask that you will hear Hear our cries today, Father. We're not, ask, we're not asking for prosperity today. We're not asking for the crops today. We do pray for these things. But Father, today we are asking for hearts that follow you, hearts that belong to you, hearts that are melted and melded into yours. Father, I am asking for hearing, extreme spiritual hearing, that they hear when you cry during this time of horror, Father the families who have been affected as they are just suffering, Lord. And there is so much suffering that is going on and it's continuing. Father, I'm asking that you will just really help us to know, to hear the spirit telling us how to pray, who to pray for, what to say, 
so that we can help your people to find their Messiah. And we thank you that we can even speak to you in this manner for allowing it in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Susan, We'll, we'll start with Rennie, but <clears throat> just go ahead and raise your hands electronically and we will just pray for the next 10 or 15 minutes. And I uh, just want to highlight what you said there at the end that <clears throat> basically you're saying that the Holocaust survivors were in some ways triggered by October 7th, yes. uh, but they're praying and asking for prayers and the war, is, the war has really opened up their hearts, which is... Wow, what an incredible opportunity that is. And it, it is a, a great example of God using negative things to draw people to himself, which of course he does all the time. And, and so this is a, a really a strategic time to pray. So Rennie, we'll start with you. We'll just, if you uh, feel led by the Lord that you want to pray, just go ahead and, and raise your hand electronically. We're just asking that you are brief so that we can get as many people as possible to pray. So go ahead, Rennie. Yeah, thank you so much. I'll be very brief. I am in Goa, India, and I'm here last two weeks because to reach out to Jewish people. There are Jewish people coming from Israel here, running away from the war situation. And we believe that the city is going to be a city of refuge for them. And I met a lady last week. They said they don't want to hear anything about war. They don't want to know anyone to know that they are Jewish people. They don't want to come for Shabbat. She's traumatized. With that, I lift this prayer up. Abba, we pray with the verse Isaiah 40. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand a double for her sins. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert yes. a highway for our God. But we pray that this is the time for the ecclesia to rise up wherever they are and prepare this way for these people wherever they are. If a state or a nation is receiving any Jewish people or connecting to Jewish people at this time, God, we pray that we will know the heart of God at this moment in our lives, God, that yes. we will open yes. our homes, we will open our open everything possible to accept them as they are and make our cities, make our homes a place of refuge for them, God. So we pray, Abba, that you allow the spirit of Elijah, the spirit of John the Baptist, who made and prepared the way in that wilderness, in the time of war, in the time of wilderness, as your people are going through, God, that we will prepare this way for them to feel that oasis in the wilderness, the, the streams in the desert, and we will be pouring out our love upon them, show the love of Yeshua. And this is the time, this is the time. So God, we pray that everyone, every person in every nation will accept this call and the mandate upon them. We bless your people wherever they are. In the mighty name of Yeshua, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Rennie. And we just bless you and your everything that you're doing there in Goa, I think you said it was, India. And we just say, may the Lord protect you. May he give you great favor as you minister there in, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. Debbie Brees, I'm not sure I'm pronouncing your last name correctly, but go ahead, Debbie. It's breezy, but I answered it just about anything that might be me. <laughs> yeah, Lord, go ahead. I, Lord, I just thank you for what I've heard tonight and what I've heard from other people in Israel as well. Lord, I don't thank you for the war in a sense because it's awful. It's just terrible. But Lord, I thank you that it is turning people's hearts towards you. Lord, I thank you that there is greater openness to you, to Yeshua, to the gospel, from what I've heard from so many people, including Susan tonight. Lord, that there are those that haven't been open, but now they are, and I give you praise for that, Lord. And Lord, I pray for that to keep going, and I pray for all of your people in Israel in particular that know you, whether they're Gentiles or Jewish, Lord, if they know you. I just ask that their light would be so bright and that those whose hearts are being softened and whose hearts are searching would just be put in contact and the gospel will be shared. And Lord, I especially pray for the Holocaust survivors that have lived through nine wars 
Oh, Lord, how your heart must go out to them. I pray for them especially because, and also because they're elderly, Lord. They haven't got much more time to say yes to you, but I pray that there'll be a great harvest of Holocaust survivors in into the kingdom of Yahweh. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Debbie. Let's go to uh, Debbie Hammond. Go ahead, Debbie. You just need to unmute yourself. Father, your word says that uh, one plants a seed and one causes it to grow, but you're the one who draws. And Father, as we realize, Lord, as the more we know you, Lord God, the more that we come to just trust in you, Father, we see in your word that you, God, you, sometimes you allow, sometimes you hold your hand back, and sometimes, God, you even cause things to happen for your purposes, Lord God, to draw the people to you. And Father, as we're looking at this all play out uh, October 7th, and the pain and the hurt, and uh, Father, um, your people, Lord, who have been standing and warring in the heavenlies, Lord God, trusting you, trusting that you're going to do something, Lord. Father, thank you for the reminder that you are doing something. Thank you that your ways are higher than our ways, that your thoughts are not our thoughts, and how we might do it isn't how you're doing it. And Lord, we thank you for Susan and Louise and Claudine and for every person, Lord, that you are using throughout your land, Father, to go to your people. But Father, especially for the Holocaust survivors, as, as we've all heard and as we, we know, Lord God, what they went through and what they are seeing and the pain, and especially those, Lord, who have grandchildren who are serving, how painful yes. that must be. But God, you yes. are using this to draw them. You are using them to teach them. You are yes. using this every single seed that has been planted over the years, every single seed that's been watered. Now, God, now, God, you are causing it to flourish. You are causing it to come into its fullness. So, Father, we stand in agreement and believing, Lord God, that those that are alive right now, Lord God, their hearts are going to be, are softened. And they, Lord, we look at Miriam and wow, what an amazing yes. thing that is happening yes. here. You are not going to let them die, Lord God, without coming to faith in Yeshua. So we thank you and we praise you. Thank we you. stand with our eyes on you. We're not looking at what we know, but we're, or what we can't see. We're trusting Hebrews 11, 1, Lord God, the Faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. But God, thank you for letting us see. Thank you for letting Susan and Louise see. We praise you in the name of Yeshua. Thank you. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Debbie. Jennifer, go ahead. Hi, Jennifer Garcia here coming out of California. First time here. Nice to meet you all. Dear Heavenly Father, Grisha Dai Adonai. Abba, Papa, we come before you today pleading on behalf of our brothers and sisters that are in the land of Israel, Father God. We ask that our, your heavenly gates may be open today with praise and thanksgiving. We know you to be a God who's, who is love, that we may come before you in the word according to John 1.1. 1, 1. And Father God, we ask that the word gets distributed in this land, Father God. And we ask that <clears throat> it may touch the hearts of the elderly, the young, and everyone alike in this land, that there may be a great revival through the means that you choose, that in this case it appears may be war. But Father, we yield to your will, your will may be done, your kingdom come here on earth as it is done in heaven, Father God. And we just, we love you, we praise you, we ask that where two, three, and in this case over 60 meet in your name, that your presence is felt there too, Father mm -hmm. God, and we know that your presence is unleashed here. And we love you, we love you so much, Father. And we ask that this may go forth up to you and that when those elderly men and women hear about you, that they may feel a resonance in their hearts. They may come to you, they may know you. And when they make that transition and come before the throne, 
Yes. Their names may be written in the book of life, Father God. Yes. Please do this for us. Yes. Do this Please on do our this behalf, Father. Yes. Please, we beg yes. of you in the exclusive name of our brother and Savior who died for us on that Roman cross. In the name of Jesus, Yeshua, the Christ, Cristo Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jennifer. Welcome to the Global Watch. We're glad to have you with us. So we've got several more people ending with Blair who are going to who we're going to have pray. Everybody needs to be brief. And then we're going to we're going to send it back to Susan for final comments. And then we're going to close or we're going to actually transition to the Israel daily brief. So go ahead, Karen. You just need to unmute yourself. <clears throat> yeah. Um, Father, I thank you so much for the strength that you've given to Louise and Susan and their team. And I was uh, just seeing a, a picture of um, a sail uh, and the, the breath of the Holy Spirit uh, just filling that sail and just carrying uh Susan and Louise and the team just, just propelling you farther forward. And I just declare over you that it is not by power nor by might, but by your spirit, says the Lord. And, and yeah. there's Thank just a fresh here. wave of his wind coming right now into your sails. And just uh, he's going to do immeasurably more than you could ever ask or imagine. So I just bless you in Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Karen. Let's go to uh, Molly. Molly, go ahead and um, unmute yourself. Thank you, Dr. Friend. I just want to confirm so many things, Susan, that you prayed that this morning, the Lord has so graciously, since the Knesset called the day of prayer, our city has come together and the Lord has prompted our church to start praying every Wednesday. And the ladies, and there are families with uh, a mother who's uh, homeschooling six of her boys in age groups from 18 to six years old. And with the grandmother, and they are all coming, and she has Jewish blood and Turkish and Syrian. So they are coming, and many other ladies, at least 20 of them, coming and praying for Israel. And today we had prayers from Ezekiel 11, as you read, and prayers of bringing back God's hand. But our hearts were breaking, so breaking for Israel today. The 24 soldiers who just, 24 fathers, 24 brothers, the men who died, and wives who've lost husbands, children who've lost fathers. Our hearts are breaking for Israel. And Father, we, we just don't let you know that we stand. And we're asking God, Father, when will this end for Israel? It's one sorrow after the other. The Holocaust has already been, and October 7th has been. But every day there is some form of tragedy. And so we are crying out to our God that he has promised that he will gather back his people. He will gather the people and he will bring back his people to the land of Israel. And he will take away the detestable things and the abominations from it. And he will bring his people and give them one heart. And he will put his new spirit within them. And he will take the stony heart of their flesh and give them a heart of flesh and that he, so that they will walk in his statutes and keep the ordinances and they will be his people that the promise of God. So we decree and declare that Lord, you have promised for the dry bones to come alive. You've called forth an army to arise and you've promised to bring them back to their land, to give them back the land. You've promised, you've kept your covenant promises, Father. So we are in agreement as the nations of the earth, as the watchmen of the earth, watching over your promises to bring, Lord God, your people back to your heart, turning back to your heart, Father God. We Amen. thank you, Lord Jesus, that they're coming back. And Lord God, Amen. we thank you by the blood of Jesus that you're bringing them back, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, as we 
we stand as one we stand as yeah. one as the root church with israel lord god and we pray for their salvation we pray father god that you will revive them and bring them back lord to your heart fully lord and amen. write your laws upon them in jesus name amen amen thank you molly go ahead shoshana you just need to unmute yourself Yes, I hope you understand me and that the storm is not rippling the voice too. Yes, Lord, I pray for, I want to bless those Holocaust survivors and I have a great honor for them because they kept on with the faith and all their resources to endure and to come through this terrible time and torturing time. And want to ask you, Lord, this faith carrying them through, I ask you to revive this faith again and to make this faith yes. strong, that you take away all yes. the rivers which, which are covering them and all the PTBS. And I ask really to take off this cloth from them so they rise up again. I thank you that they speak out, pray, and this means they trust in you. They still hold on you. And I ask that they may see you through their own prayers, that you are going to reveal yourself to them and that you wipe away every lie about you and every trusting spirit about you so they may see. And I ask also for oil to, to anoint their eyes pour oil on their eyes so they may see. I ask for all those who are ministering to the Holocaust survivors. I ask for new strength, for new courage, because most of them, they have now their own children in the war, or they are victims themselves, or have relations they, they were victim during the 7th of October. So they, they carry double portion and double suffering and so I ask really to give them strength, new strength and hope and words of comfort as they carry your people on their shoulders and give them words, key words, opening their hearts to you and that this is really locking these doors which were closed by your spirit, Lord, by the spirit of yeah. Isaiah 61 because you are greater in them than the one who is in the world. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Shoshana. Blair, go ahead, and then we're going to go back to you, Susan, and then and then Susan Rao after that. So go ahead, Blair. For these survivors and for, for, for these that have endured, as Shoshana shared, such tragedy that, that is, as, as, as one has shared, I lost that, she had lost faith in God and in man. Such a bomb, such evil that they have seen, and yet they've persevered and they endure. And there is a, a faith and a grace that is, has allowed that, and is a testimony to what you have done, Father, in the midst of great evil that you have used it for good. Because we know that you use all things together for good, and those who love you and are called according to your purpose. Help us to have faith that you. Our faith, Father. Yes, thank you, Lord. We pray, Lord, for those who are ministering to them and for the, the grace and mercy to, to share with them in, in such a loving way that, and, and to, to speak to them in their language that they may see that even this you are using for good and turning your their hearts to back to you and turning the hearts and and minds of the people of Israel back to you, Lord. And we, we pray now as, as as Israel is and the military is, is is getting successes and the enemy is seeing their mighty hand that you are with them, Lord. We also we pray that as that is happening and that the mighty resources of the enemy, that those who would prophesy against Israel as Balaam did would be shut down. That those who seek to profit from this as there were, even during World War II, people that turned away from their own to profit to their death, Lord, like Balaam did, that would be shut down, as in, yeah, amen. As in Numbers 22, Lord, that 
that your yeah. angel that the angel of the lord would come forth and 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 declare that this is evil and that we as your people would stand against profiteering and and pray at this country lord that that as they stand to to restore their their intentions of two state two nations or, or whatever it is and, and denying your word lord we pray against we repent and pray that your will be done lord here on earth as in heaven and that that, that your ways would be thank you lord to open up the eyes of the blind and the amen. hearts that they be returned in jesus name amen amen thank you blair susan uh we're at the end of the hour but just uh back to you if you have any final comments susan Hagee. I, I just want to say that people were, were uh, praying. Thank you very much for those prayers. Thank you. It, you were praying about the resilience and that they made it through the war. As of <laughs> this month, we have, out of 200 survivors in ACO, 60 of them are between 90 and 101. And they are just maintaining their health and, and their mind, and they're strong. And it seems since this war started, Nobody's dying. Mm. They are just going on. And I just want to leave you with one line from, it's a poem and it's just the first line. It's a poem by Mary Oliver. It just has really hit me. Everything that was broken has forgotten its brokenness. And let may this be for the survivors. Thank you. Yeah. Amen. Susan, thank you so much for this update. It's really encouraging and it just causes us to want to pray more and more <clears throat> for these survivors and for you. We just, again, we just bless you and Louise and the great work that you're doing over there in Akko and in the northern, in the Northland there. And we just de declare great protection over you as you go Amen. forth and minister. Yep. Amen. Susan Rao, any last comments before we transition to uh, the Israel grief? Yes, for those of you who are on this line and listening to this, if you have not joined the Global Watch, we'd ask you to go to theglobalwatch.com and join. We've got some significant initiatives coming up. Ramadan is coming up March 11th. But this weekend, Saturday, is the International Holocaust Remembrance Day. And it was formed by the UN and the 60-year anniversary of the release of the um, concentration camps from Nazis. This is, uh, given the war and what Susan has said today, I'm inviting you all to participate in this, not only participate, but spread the word. It's a very in, um, easy initiative at 12 noon Saturday, your time, take 10, uh, 12 minutes to seek the Lord, for Israel, uh, we've got a backbone of Isaiah of Psalm 89 and a focus, pair focuses. Very brief. You can take this and look at it, go off of this, or go off with what your heart and your spirit is telling you in praying for Israel. But the backbone is to remember God and his sovereignty over our lives and Israel, his covenant with Israel. Repent for our disobedience, theologies, and international pressures that have pushed on Israel to hold back to their, their inheritance, realign with God in a sovereign will, and recommit to stand with Israel. So it's our quadrupled. <laughs> and so spread the word, and let's get this out there as watchmen in the nations. So thank you all for your time. We're going to switch off the recording.